Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bent with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I said, every episode, we got a great one for you. Who do we have? Yes, we have comedian Michael Jr. with us today. He has been on the stages of The Tonight Show, TEDx Talks, and Jimmy Kimmel Live. You can also find him in Sony Pictures, Feature Film, War Room, as well as starring roles in Selfie Dad, Laughing on Purpose, and More Than Funny. And we're going to talk to him about his story and also his book, Funny How Life Works. And we're excited to have him on. So welcome yes, to the show. Welcome. Cool. It's interesting. Y'all kept talking about me in the third person, but I'm like right here. Like I'm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's been rough for a lot of people the last 18 months or so. Um, so how did COVID, because again, your whole thing is you got to get on stage in front of crowds. How did yeah. COVID affect you? And what have you done to kind of maneuver through this crazy maze we have? Yeah. So the way it affected me most was um, I got to be home with my family. Like this stuff was actually <laughs> really awesome. Like I, I really... We had already been preparing to not do as many live events. I enjoy yeah. being on stage. I really, really like being around the people and the big audiences and stuff. But I also love my family as well. So yeah. we're already preparing to do less events. I had a goal, a decreasing goal of how many events we would do. And then uh, we came up with a, with a, uh, a comedy format that was digital. So oh, people, wow. churches, organization can do a digital format. And this was, we started working on this six months before the pandemic actually hit. Oh, then wow. when it hit, we were already in position. And now mm -hmm. I'm super excited, you know, to look back and be like, wow, that was awesome, God. Thanks for that heads up. So it's been really, yeah. really cool. Now I'm excited yeah, about getting back on stage some. But, yes. Not, yes. but not as much. Not as much. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, that's like us. We launched a show January of 2020. Um, had no idea what was coming. You know, our original plan was maybe a hundred interviews our first mm -hmm. year. We thought if we could do that, it'd be a great foundation. And then COVID hits and I'm sitting there watching everything get shut down. I'm like, okay, I told Sanders, you know, this may be our silver lining. You know, we need to run hard with yeah, this. Yeah, really set the foundation. And the show. because yeah. of that, we've done almost you, you what? told Sandy that or you were you guys? Yeah, I told I told Sandy. Yeah. I was like, yeah, we, yeah. we need to run with this hard because, you know, and because of that, we've done almost 450 interviews since. Yeah. Wow. So just for clarity, you just told her. Y'all don't want to discuss <laughs> about you just told her. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it, it, I was like, yeah, let's go with it. <laughs> what's <laughs> funny though is when we first launched though the show in January, she um we were, we were an audio show, a, a more of a podcast and video. And um, she says, I'll do the show with you, but I will, don't ever ask me to do video. Yeah, I said I would never do video. And here we are. <laughs> and I didn't ask her. No, he didn't. Uh, around October of last year, she comes told to me. Her. You told her. We already, we already clarified how y'all communicate. You told her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but she came to me last October yeah. saying, um, do you think that the, our next step should be video? And I've been praying that she would make this decision on her own. <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. we've been waiting for. <laughs> I'll oh, work wow. out. Well, that's just like our church that we go to. You know, you're talking about telling her. Um, we tried a church out that um, we went to, and I knew it wasn't where we were supposed to be. I knew it. And I was praying she fit, knew it too. So we walk out the um, 
uh, this place. Now, now we just had a bad experience and I, and I told her, um, were you comfortable? And she goes, Oh heck no. And I was like, great, because God already told me that we're supposed to be at Savannah Christian church and we're supposed to be members. Mm. Now we just had a bad experience. Yeah. So you told her that too. Wow. You guys. Are great <laughs> and you know, we've been there since 2010. Wow, it changed. Cool. It changed our life, our marriage, and everything. It did. Then our little ones came after that. That all worked out in God's time. Boom, chaka, wang, wang. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell us um, when you look back. Um, when did it click that this could actually be <laughs> be a career for you as a comic? When did you know that part? Because like, you probably always could tell jokes, but when did you know, wow, this could be a career? Uh, yeah, I'm still waiting to know for sure. <laughs> um, no, I would say, so just the other day, I did an event, I did a show in Boston, and uh, this young lady contacted us to ask if she could open the, con open up the show and um, be, be the opener. And I looked at her video and we, we decided, yeah, because I always want to support people. But then afterwards, she had questions about comedy and wanted to know what it would take to really make a career. Pretty much your question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, how do you make a career at it? And I explained to her the first thing that's important to know for her is or just in general is there's I don't believe that there's a such thing as a pure stand up comedian. I yeah, yeah. I think that road ends in. Uh, I mean, we've seen where that road ends. I mean, we know some stand-up comics who've gotten to what looks like the top, and then they end mm -hmm. up dropping, falling real fast. You find them; they find you. Either find them in a hotel room somewhere, and or they mm -hmm. like running down the street. They set themselves on fire, literally, or got a gun. It's like something goes, something happens. Yeah. So the truth is, is comedy. I understand that comedy really is the vehicle it is not the destination wow. so it's just a it's just a tool that i use to accomplish what god has really called me to do which is mm -hmm. to inspire people to walk in purpose to help them live their best life it just so happens people are really attracted to the jokes and the comedy so <laughs> attracted to that so they can laugh but then i you know it's catching with the comedy and then keep them with the truth so it's yeah. so for me mm -hmm. i understood that i more so than a career that I could I could utilize this comedy for my calling after uh, probably it was like 2010. I was like, oh, I know what I can do with this. And then when I had the revelation outside of a club one day, because, uh, you know, when you first started doing comedy and I've been doing it for a while, my, my whole mindset was how do I get laughs from people? But I didn't even know. It. I didn't know that any career you're in, anything you're doing, you're, you're asking a question and the question most of the time regards to career is, you know, how can we get, but right before I got on stage one night, I felt like I had a change in mindset. I felt like God gave me a shift where mm -hmm. instead of trying to get laughs from people, I was to go up there and give them an opportunity to laugh, which oh, changed yeah. everything. Because when you ask a different question, you're going to get a different answer. You're going to more importantly, mm -hmm. you'll notice different things. So I asked, started asking that question that night, right after the prayer, I went on stage and I remember I didn't do a joke for the first 15, maybe 20 seconds that I was on stage. Mm -hmm. Normally, my goal would be to have people laughing within the first seven and a half seconds. Uh -huh. But I didn't even do a joke for the first 15 to 20 <laughs> seconds. And looking back at it, I realized what was happening was 
when you have a when you have a gift for someone as opposed to trying to take something from someone, your job is simply to present a gift. You don't mm-hmm. shove it in their face like, oh, look at this. You wait mm-hmm. for the right opportunity to present the gift. And the most powerful part of that is it doesn't even matter how they respond to it. It's yeah. really about you presenting the gift and being obedient. So with you that, understanding, yeah, with that understanding, it took it caused me to just drop my shoulders, really relax and present the gift to people, which is what I get to do right now. But that overall revelation is now one of the things that I will also sometimes teach in the middle of the jokes so people can get more clarity and better understand their purpose, even though they showed up mostly. Mm -hmm. You know, talking about the gifts and all that, you know, we always, we joke about this now, but you know, in our almost 19 years of marriage, we would be on the street and we'd run. Say, when you say almost 19 years, you guys are about done. Is that what you're saying? Like you <laughs> 19 years, August 5th. Uh, October, I mean, October 5th. October 5th. Oh, okay. man, there's an argument right there. That's <laughs> but, but, um, but through the 19 years of marriage, we, yeah. um, we would be on the street and I would end up in conversations with people. And, and I'm not talking with, with um, people we know, but strange strangers. Yeah. Complete strangers. And Sandy would be like, well, she knows if I get two, three, four minutes into a conversation, mm-hmm. we're there for 30 to 60 minutes. No, yes. ifs, it, no, it, it just, and, no, no, not again. <laughs> and she'd get so mad at mm-hmm. me. And, and I've done that thousands and thousands of times in our marriage. And now we look back and we're like, oh, that was preparing us for that was what the this setup show. for this. Because I couldn't, you know, so many times I come on the show and I, I might have notes, but many times I don't use them because I've held so many conversations that I'm able to keep the conversation going, even if it's someone who I got to pull something out of. Oh, well, that's great. <laughs> but you're not that. <laughs> We've only had a few. I was giving you an opportunity to pull something out of me. That's why I went quiet for a second. But. <laughs> yeah, I see how good he really is here. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> I'll be the master at that, right? Yeah, yeah I'm not going to tell you. Though. That's just weird. Okay. Now, you can't be funnier than me now, right? It's our okay, show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, but yeah, um, talking about your gifts and all that, what advice would you give to people who feel like they have the gift? but they don't know how to use it. How do they find that match? We're like, we found this match with our show. You found it with your comedy show. How do you connect that dot? Yeah. So a lot of times, so I created a court Well, you know, I wrote the book, funny how life works. Yeah. We also Mm -hmm. created a course called funny how my life works, which helps people use this laughter to help people understand how their life works. Right. One of the things that is key Meaning even when someone goes to college, let's say they have a gift or they have a desire to possibly do something and they want to go to school to, to, to get insight so they can pursue the thing. Most of the time when people ask right before college or in college or at some point in their life, they ask the question, what do I want to do? And it's, it's not just the wrong question to ask. It's almost the opposite question to ask. Oh, wow. Yeah. If you decide to, on what you want to do, do is just a function. It's just a thing that happens. It's not even, there's no emotion attached to just doing. Mm-hmm. So the question you really want to ask is, who do I want to serve? Like if you can ask that question, it changes so much because the key is really to find out who are the people at the end of the thing that you're doing. So 
instead of starting with the doing, like what if somebody said, Hey, I want to, I want to, my desire is to drive cars. Which, I mean, just that, that's an extreme example, but what if, <laughs> if your desire is to drive cars, you're like, well, that's mis like, how long can you do that for before it's whack? <laughs> you think about, but if you say, wait a minute, my desire is to help single moms get to where they want to be. Or another example is if somebody says, I want to be a mechanic. If somebody says, I want to be a mechanic. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Why? And then they'll always say, well, I really like tinkering with cars and figuring them out or whatever. But after a while, that's like, okay, great. But if that same mechanic said, I want to help people reach their desired destination. Ooh, he still yeah. gets to tinker and do all the stuff he loves to do, but there's people at the end of it. And yeah. people yeah. is what will cause your alarm clock to go out of business. The tinkering and doing that stuff is really about you. So you need to mm -hmm. figure out how can you make it about other people. And that right there is where fulfillment is actually located. Wow. You know, as you know, a lot of people, they see the glory in what you do, the glory in other comedians, actors. Glory is a big actors. word. The glory like, is a yeah. big word for what I well, do. I like to use that because, you know, they see that, but they don't see yeah, the grind, the, the sacrifice, the struggles that people go through mm -hmm. to get to what, you know, not just your level, but even just a career level within what you do. And I always want to talk about that side of it because, as you know, people gloss over this side of it. They think, OK, I got the talent. I can make it. Even without the work ethic, some people believe that. And I always right. want to hit that side of it. What have been some of the sacrifices through the years that you've made to get to where you are? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't had any. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I really like awkwardness. It's one of my favorite things. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, just, just actually just being out traveling. You know, I used to be a single dad of three. And I was wow. doing comedy, traveling. Wow. So not being there as much for them as I would like to have been, you know, and even now with my kids, I always ask them, like, am I traveling too much? Like, how do you feel about the frequency oh, wow. in which I've been gone? And I try to let them in on it and let them speak into it because I don't want to assume a lot of times dads or maybe just parents in general will assume, well, mm -hmm. I'm making this sacrifice. So you can have all of the things. Well, maybe yeah. one of the yeah. things they want is a parent is present. Yeah. So, yeah. so you're sacrificing something that isn't even that isn't, you're not. They don't even want to sacrifice. Like in First Samuel somewhere, somewhere in the Bible, maybe Fifth Samuel. I don't know what it is. But it says it says <laughs> obedience is better than sacrifice. So I'd rather be obedient than just sacrifice. So I try to let my kids in on that and my wife as well and be like, hey, what? Like, I don't want to assume they want a big house and they want all of this stuff and that. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I try to listen to them as well. So then it turns out the sacrifice doesn't even have to be nearly as big. So the key is really, I think, is to communicate. And, you know, I've stayed at some some other things. I've had to stay in, like, when you're traveling on the road when I first started out, they, there's these things called, um, you know, you would think they put a comedian. Well, let me just say this. In my book, I think it's chapter 20 something, I don't know what it is, but there's a chapter in there called, uh, it's called Meatball Subs and My Four Door Apartment. <laughs> and when I lived in New York City, I moved to New York City thinking that, uh, you know, once I get there, I had like $600 in my pocket I saved up, thinking once I get there, I'll book a couple shows and everything, and then I can use that money to pay my rent and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. When I get to New York City, I book some shows, but the average show in New York City 
um, that I, I wasn't aware of this. On average, they paid $12 a show. Ooh, wow. Just like they would in the Midwest. But $12 a show. So it wasn't long before my address, my address was 1997 Lumina Drive. And um, it just so happened I also drove a 1997 Lumina. <laughs> the reason those two things are the same is because that was my <laughs> I get it. Get it. Yeah, yeah. So I lived in my car for a while, really rational, you know, rationing $5 meatball subs living out of my car just so I can really try to figure out what to do to get to that next level. So that was some of the things that I had to go through in a significant way. So even when my kids, I mean, when they look now and I talk to them about, and they read, they read my book and they're like, Oh, dad, like they don't, they didn't necessarily understand. Yeah. Yeah. Like being homeless and not having any friends around, but that's great. I don't want them to understand that. Like, I don't want them to have that experience. So some of the sacrifices I just had to make because it was circumstantial. I was just in it. But Mm -hmm. the ones that I can control, I always try to have a conversation with my family. You know, that's like with us, you know, with the show, you know, we're not this big show yet. We want to be. The vision is there. We, you know, we were doing show up the show up the show, um, building this brand of the Chris and Sandy show. Um, but at the same time, we're still doing like delivering food in the delivery, evenings. Yeah. You know, we everything we can find, but but we we do it all together. So it's funny. And we pull up in people's driveways with me, my wife. Our two kids in the vehicle pull up with their foods. Yes. Oh, that's great. Long as none of you guys are chewing. <laughs> yeah, nope, won't do that. Uh, luckily, <laughs> the good thing is that they seal the bags now since, since the pandemic. So it actually helps them where they can't say, oh, well, they took food. No, right. we didn't. It's nope, sealed. It's sealed. Yep. Yeah, it. yeah. Unless you cut the bag open at the bottom because it's plastic. <laughs> 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 but so so we're going through the sacrifice now yeah. now we're not homeless but you know again there's a lot of people that have that same story i mean even um tyler perry talks about that a little bit and all that yeah. and steve, oh, yeah. and steve harvey. harvey you know and it's like you know you don't got any white are, examples of homeless people you want to use for me you just got <laughs> a lot of our artist friends have been that way in their wife so. yeah <laughs> that's cool man that's awesome but, but it's it's funny though, you know. Again, it's one of them things where, in the moment, you feel like, oh God, everything is falling apart. But then yeah. d- down the road, you're like, you look back and you're like, okay, no, it all came together. Is that how you yeah, felt through the years? Mm-hmm. That's good. Because <laughs> you know, because it's, <laughs> it's a whole, you know, Ro- Romans eight twenty eight. You know, I always remember that verse because it's my birthday, August twenty eighth. So, oh yeah, eight twenty-eight. So you know, Romans eight twenty-eight. All things work together for the good, and, and you know, again, you know, I went through nineteen years of addictions until God healed me almost fourteen years ago. So it's been like um, everything that we have done. We look back, it's like wow, you know, God was there even though we didn't see it. That's great, man. That's really good. Yeah, he's he's there for sure, omnipresent. So it's what were some of the times where you thought maybe God wasn't there? And you, I mean, because everybody questions, like, are you really here? Is this what I'm supposed to do? What are the mm-hmm. few of those moments? Yeah, I don't. Um, maybe before I knew Him, I mean, the first time I ever did a prayer as an adult was uh, I was just praying, and it might have had something to do, like, okay, God, if you if you're really out there, that might have been a start of it. 
Yeah. But I really yeah. think sometimes your uh your relationship with your with your earthly father kind of dictates your heavenly father. So I don't really have a lot of those conversations where I'm challenging God because I didn't challenge my dad. <laughs> like I'm like, you you need to do that. No, I just never talk back to my dad. So I'm really it's really hard for me to kind of talk back and dig into my father mm-hmm. that way as well. So I and I know that about me too. And sometimes yeah. maybe yeah. I just don't I just have a a a probably a more anybody who works with me will tell you this. Like I don't really do a lot of math when God tells me to do something, I just kind of jump out there. Even in the book, there's some stuff that I did in the book. Like even when I went to New Jersey or just some stuff that I'll say on stage that seems really random that most people wouldn't say. Like I think a few weeks ago, I mentioned how just out of nowhere, these are in the middle of jokes. People pay money to come to a comedy show. People are laughing, having fun. And then I started, then I made mention of, uh, but maybe somebody in the audience at one time had been raped before. And oh, one wow. thing that you can deal with regardless, of, like God will never put you in a position. He'll never let you go through more than you can stand. So maybe someone needs to hear your story so they can be set free. You can too. Now jump into another joke. We laughing again. And then afterwards, a woman comes up to me and introduces her and her, her dad and her mom. And they introduced me to her child. It, without getting into the details, they had some, some serious struggles with the child's dad because it was a child of rape. But I didn't even know they're in the room and what oh, they've been going through. The things I said just lined up perfectly. So I try not to do too much math. I just try to be as obedient as I can and just jump out there. And most and all of it, I mean, for them, I I just jump and then a guy just a parachute just jumps on my back and I end up floating down just I'm like, oh, this is great. And I, I I like to say I do it every single time. But every single time that I do, it's always a much softer and graceful landing that I could ever, ever have imagined. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about jump, you know, all our marriage, we've done that. Even with the show, we just jump, not knowing what we're doing. And here we are, 450 interviews later. Um, it, even we started our marriage out in that way. We've actually met online on in 2002, back when it was taboo back then. Oh yeah. Wasn't that <laughs> yeah. Thing we were called crazy that. all that because we met February 2nd of 02. We talked on the phone for the first time February 4th. We set a wedding date February 18th and we met in person March 4th. So we were meeting in person to see who could, we really believed that God brought us together. We truly, wow. and we jumped. And yeah, we just met with it. We did jump. Yeah. And we married that same year. Let me ask you a question real quick. Yeah. Um, are you a hostage? Are you okay? Everything good? You're not a hostage, right? <laughs> All good. All good. Okay. Yeah, she's my hostage. <laughs> she ain't going to work. Think twice if you need help, okay? Just blink your eyes. Okay. <laughs> I'll be. Uh oh. I'm, I'm watching you. <laughs> that's a great story, man. That is awesome. Way to jump in there. Like, like that's really, really, really cool. That is one of that's one of the more beautiful. Uh, desperate stories that I've I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you know, again, it was one of them things where some people would look at it like, well, look, you know, because she first five years of our marriage, she went through hectic because of my addictions. I was still in that. Yeah. Um, but what people didn't realize is, um, you know, people said, you know, she allowed you to walk over her those beginning years. I'm like, no, 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 no. She allowed me to experience God's pure love through her. It's a big difference. That's good. Because yeah, if she didn't do that, I don't think I'd be alive today. 
And the cool thing about that in general is it's always going to be someone else's perspective too, right? People can mm -hmm. add any, you can attach a meaning to anything that someone says and you, it, you can attach several different meanings, but the meaning you guys attach to it, you chose to go with more closer to what God would say that meant where some people can see it and think that means something completely different. So it's all about how people, what meaning people are attaching to things. So I think that's really, I think that's a pretty powerful story, man. <laughs> Really good. Well, we Again, that, Sandy, man. if you're a hostage, just <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll introduce her as my hostage, Sandy. Oh, now. gosh. Yeah, I'll, be, I'll be that now. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, you just never know where life is going to lead you. Know. And, and you know, takes even though turns sometimes, I so. was divorced before her and all that, mm -hmm. I oh. still you know, I still wanted love, and I never held back. And I think, mm -hmm. and I went through a lot of relationships. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, every time I turn around, oh, we're, we're too good of friends. We're, so they'd break up. We're too good of friends. And I always felt like there's, there's going to be somebody that accepts me for being the nice guy. That's mm -hmm. what I was looking for. And Because, you know, in this day and time, you see a lot of people that, you know, like on, on Facebook, you see women say they want that edgy guy. The and, bad boy. The bad boy. Yeah, and I'm like, you better be careful. I mean, again, maybe you can yeah. turn but let, yeah. But we've seen so yeah. many stories where it doesn't work right. Right. Yeah, you want it edgy. Now, now you get it. Now you're like, wait a minute, it's the wrong edge. I don't want that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool, man. That's really cool. It's also interesting that you're on Facebook reading what other women are looking for. I just want to point that out to us. I'm just. Oh, I gotta love that. Um, but yeah. Um, when you look at social media, you know, because again, and you're and growing up and us growing up, we never had social media and all that, but no. that's such a pressure on people nowadays, especially the younger generation. Oh, it is. Yeah. There's How, a lot that comes with as that. a Christian, do people can you handle that to grow and grow big and still handle it with God's foundation? Because that, that's, I think, the struggle for a lot of people yeah, that is. in this day and time. When you say handle it to grow big, what do you, what do you mean exactly? Not letting social media change you, but you change what's on social media through what you say. Because you know, a lot, a lot of times yeah. you, know, you see all that, and it's like you know, you become negative, you become the sourpuss, uh, and all that, divisive. and divisive. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. like you know, some of my friends, I'm like, y'all need to just get off social media. <laughs> yeah, well, I almost think that I think social media is very similar to money. It just takes mm. on the characteristics of the person who possesses it. So if yeah. you're saying some negative things on social media or you're even noticing uh, negative things, maybe that's just really what's in your heart. So I do this thing nowadays that is so awesome. And I'd highly recommend your listeners try this as well. For most of the time, whenever there's something that people don't like, mm. for example, uh, a certain um president a certain uh political party mm -hmm. yeah like, mm -hmm. you don't like the republicans or you don't like the democrat whatever that is instead of just fighting the other side or fighting whatever mm -hmm. this is right you should say instead of doing that what if you push pause and say wait a minute why is it that i am so against the other side mm -hmm. yeah i love that. Like, like just actually ask the question and ask yourself, what am I feeling? Because if you press into that right there and really just ask, why is it? 
you might actually learn more about yourself because one of my favorite lines is life will bring you people and circumstances to reveal where you're not free. Life will bring you people and circumstances to reveal where you're not free. So if a certain, just using the example of a, of a political party, if they just bother you, you have to press in, not to them, to argue and all of that yeah, stuff. No, to yourself. Well, what is this? Why is this rubbing me this way? And don't assume, well, it's because it's wrong. No, no, no. <laughs> it, has, it actually has nothing to do with anybody on the outside of you. You yeah. might find out that when you were 10 years old, somebody who looked like that candidate actually beat you up at school. And that's why you don't like the candidate. But instead, because you, I mean, have you ever noticed somebody who's in a relationship and say it's a bad relationship? Say it's a woman and she's in a relationship with a bad guy. And then somehow mm -hmm. she breaks up with that guy. Well, who does she find next? Same guy, basically. Uh, the same guy. Same guy, different person. Yeah. Exactly. Because life will bring you people and circumstances to reveal where you're not free. And then if wow. she breaks up with that guy, she's still going to find the same type of guy. But if she I would know. press in, and figure out, wait, what is this? Why is it? Why do I like him at first and dislike him? What is it about me? And then you might find out, oh, this dude reminds me of my dad. And I didn't have closure with my dad before he passed mm -hmm. away. So now I got to get closure. Otherwise, you're looking for Like, you'll never learn anything until you press in and find out what's going on with you. And it's almost like the, a visual would be, it's almost like you got a big knot on your shoulder and you're made out of wood. And God is using, mm -hmm. he wants to use some sandpaper to rub it down. So you can be in the shape he wants you to be. But most time we pull back because because the rub hurts. If you press into it, you'll find out what it is. And in no time at all, it'll be gone. Mm -hmm. and then you'll be in the shape God wants you to be in. So I'm just saying. Yeah. You know, that's like when you look at my Facebook page, I think I've and, and I've went out of my way to do this to where I have every I've Democrats, Republicans, anti-Trump, pro-Trump, anti-Biden, pro. I mean, everybody through my Facebook personal oh, page and, and that's given me a perspective from other sides where, and again, some of my people who believe like me kind of don't like some of my new beliefs because sometimes I'm like, you know, they're actually right on, on this issue. Hmm. And I've been, so I've been able to come to other conclusions by having all these other pe um, people in my life like that. And, you know, because I see it like a marriage, you know, when you've got the Democrat Party and the Republican Party, you know, like if Sandy and I, a lot of times in an argument, people would um, in marriage, they're trying to think to respond instead of listen to understand. And that's what's happening with with political parties. They're they're not trying to listen to understand because I've told my conservative friends and I've told my liberal friends. Will you just listen to the other side? Just, just listen. Don't you don't have to agree. Just listen. That'll go a long way more. And you can even say you don't agree at the end. Right. But that will go much further than immediately attacking. Yeah, because you're not gonna learn anything. And then you're gonna find somebody else who I think the only way, one of the best ways we would all be able to fully, really get along with each other, whether it be whatever political party or even if it's the, the racial issues we yeah. have. Specifically the racial issues. I, I know I have a solution on how all races could absolutely get together in harmony. Um, mm -hmm. If all we need to have happen is if uh, if some aliens showed up from another planet. <laughs> that would help. If some aliens showed up and they had two heads, we would all get along together. But we just now we all the one headed people. Would Maybe be like, the human race now. And yeah. now we got something else to focus on. I mean, so so it's not like it's going to go anywhere. 
at all. I mean, we're going to have our mm -hmm. own biases, but what mm -hmm. can you learn yeah. from the Bible? Like, can you reflect on yourself and be like, what is it? Why don't I like the people who look like that? And then just mm -hmm. do the math. Chances yeah. are there's something that happened in your past or you saw a movie that influenced you the wrong way or your oh, parents yeah. did something. Like deal with mm -hmm. that thing versus because life will bring you people and circumstances <laughs> to reveal where you're not free. Period. I, I will remember that. Yes, yeah. that's powerful. I said it like four times. Life. <laughs> I'm starting to sink in. Now. It's got to sink oh, in, right? Yeah. I'm yeah. hard headed. I'm, you know. He is hard headed. Yeah, that's true. Well, okay, I, I believe you. you guys want to argue about that right now. No. <laughs> you know, as you know, a lot of people they see you and the other entertainers, but they don't see the teams behind y'all. In our opinion, the teams never get the love they deserve. They don't. So you're going to take a few moments just to tell us about the team that helps you be who you are. Oh, no, I don't care about those people. <laughs> anyway, I've got this new book coming out. No, I'm just playing. My team is amazing. My assistant, uh, Diana, super. Yeah, we met her. Oh, yes, we could meet her. Best so. assistant ever. And she's, um, I've had like 19 different assistants. And she's been. Oh, wow. Like, oh, wow. Really They're like, okay, the jokes are enough. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So, and then, um. Well, just well. First of all, I didn't know how to hire. I hired one who showed up at an interview, and she didn't have a pen. Oh wow! But I still hired her. My issue is I see people's potential. So yeah. Now yeah. you know. So now I don't hire anybody. My team, and then I have a, a manager. I'm sorry, a COO named Mac who just handles everything as far as bookings, live events, mm -hmm. any television and movie stuff. Like he handles it super well. And then I had a woman who recently got pregnant by her husband and her got pregnant and we gave her 12 weeks off paid, which I thought was mm -hmm. great. It felt good to be able to do yeah. that. And then she just recently told us that she's going to stay at home with the baby. I'm like, what, where's your, where's uh, your priorities at? <laughs> <laughs> you just met that baby. You've been knowing me for like five years now. We, we go back. <laughs> so I'm actually super happy about her. And then we got some new people in our squad. And one of my, I got some family members that work for me. And there's no way, like I'm super, super creative, which mm. means I can create the funny, but nobody would ever know about it if it wasn't for my team. Like, <laughs> yes. I'd just be funny at home, just sitting there or in my, at 1997 Lumina Drive, just funny right there, just <laughs> sitting in my car, broken funny. And then, I, of course, my wife, who actually handles all of the, or oversees the finances right now, even though she doesn't really necessarily love to do that but we're she, she won't be doing it long but if it wasn't for her on multiple levels yeah i, I literally would still be in my car but but there wouldn't wow. be any gas in the car and it would probably be <laughs> on the back of a tow truck and um <laughs> it would be a stolen car yeah so yeah my squad is pretty awesome and then my daughter even my uh, all my kids i got five kids but my 11 year old we do a thing every thursday we could do the family feud huh? on Facebook called Coco Thursdays oh. where me and her are sitting in the car and we're just talking like father and daughter every Thursday oh. at like 730 uh, central time, Facebook live, just in the car oh. kicking my life. It was pretty cool. Oh, wow. So y'all could do the family feud yourself. Yeah, except really for the feud part. We don't really like the feud. Unlike <laughs> you guys, apparently. You just tell her what to do, and then she, yeah, I, I get it, man. I get it. That's what a feud is. <laughs> well, yeah, what's funny is, uh -huh. 
what's funny is through our years, people actually thought she was like that, but oh, you know, yeah. she sta she stands her ground. Yeah. <laughs> they just don't see it. <laughs> oh, that's good. I believe that for sure. Yeah. And then even with the writing of this book. Remember, you got to worry about the quiet ones. Yeah, I didn't hear anything you said. So, I was like, <laughs> so um, yeah, worry about the quiet ones. So my the even my family in a really cool way was very supportive when I had to write this book because I'm not I don't like writing at all, but I I know like I know I had to get the book done. I wanted to get it done so people could enjoy mm -hmm. the stories because people hear the jokes. But they don't understand some of the meanings and some of the things and how to, how yeah. the jokes yeah. and the comedy came about. So there's a lot of life lessons in the book, but then there's also funny. Hence the the, the title, Funny How Life Works. So we wanted people to actually be able to laugh. Because when you laugh, you actually retain more information. So why not make mm -hmm. a book that's both funny, has some stories, and then some really good information as well that can help people do even better or live even a better life. So funny how life works was boom, it was born, and we created a podcast. Who came up with the name? Well, super excited about that. What's that? Who came up with the name? Funny how life works. Uh, I'll say my team did. My team was pretty pretty strong. Okay. Guess, so. They're pretty dope. So yeah, and the book is doing well. Like when it first hit the, the shelves on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, they sold out in the first week, which sounds good. But yeah. at the same time, I'm like, yo, we need to get some books. And, <laughs> yeah, in there. Yeah, so it's super exciting. And then we we actually are doing signed copies. If people go to uh, funnyhowlifeworksbook.com, you can still get an actual signed copy. So that's pretty exciting. Oh, wow. Awesome. Love that. Now, speaking of teams and family, we have a third co-host, our little nine-year-old boy. Christopher. So Sandy's yeah. going to go get him I'll real get quick. Him. And we got a two-year-old okay. daughter that when she gets older, we'll be plugging her in the show, too. Oh, cool. Way to exploit your kids, man. Are you going to ask them if they want to be a part of it? You're just going to throw them in there? Just You're going to throw them in there. Because <laughs> uh, we created the name Family Affair Media, so it's going to be a family affair, even if we got to fight over it. Oh, cool. <laughs> Coming with you. That's great, man. Cool. <clears throat> but, <yeah>. Christopher. <laughs> Hi, Michael Jr. Oh, floating head. He's got green shirt. Hey, what is <laughs> up? How are you? Uh, random great. person whose head is who just <laughs> 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 Cool. He's got the green shirt on today, so it's yeah, yeah. green screen. Yes. That's okay. I think this is child abuse on some level. I'm just going to <laughs> cut his head off and now I'm making him talk. Cool. Christopher, you're nine years old. Yeah, hi, Mark Jr. So, what's a fair food? What's that? What's a fair food? Oh, my 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 favorite food. You are from the south somewhere. What's your favorite food? Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with French fries. Let me ask you a question. Who's your favorite parent? Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, uh, you don't have to answer. You already looked at your mom. We already get it. You looked at her first. I'm a Jeffy. Look at mom. Not the answer. Cool. So clearly, your dad is the one who cut your head off. That is great. <laughs> I cut your head off. Bro. <laughs> is that funny? Yes. Cool. All right. You had that one question prepared. That's great, man. Yes. So, um, and what's yours? Yes. Oh, uh, mine is pizza. Oh, pizza. Oh. That's cool, man. You can only eat so much pizza without a body. I just want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess without a body, you can eat as much as you want. Yeah. yeah it don't make a mess, though. It don't make a mess. <laughs> That's true. 
That's awesome, man. So you're nine years old, and you what grade are you in? I am in a fourth grade. Oh, cool. I remember fourth grade. That was a cool two years. That was <laughs> fun, man. Yeah. <laughs> I should just do yeah. one year of fourth grade. Don't do don't do uh don't, yeah, don't do two. Yeah. Right <laughs> <laughs> so what's your favorite TV show? Favorite TV show. Uh it's not out yet, but it's coming. <laughs> it's not out yet, but it's it's en route. Yeah, what what's your favorite TV show? Mine is SpongeBob. SpongeBob. Oh, that's so cool. Have your parents ever watched it? Because they uh, yeah, yeah, a lot. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's great. Every episode. Yep. Bible yep. verse at the end. That's not weird. <laughs> what What's been crazy is um we he watches a lot of Nickelodeon and Disney shows, so a lot of the actors that are on those shows have come on our show. So he's been able oh, to talk to a lot cool. of them. Hey, Christopher, what have you learned from SpongeBob? Oh God. <laughs> What not to uh, do sometimes? Yeah, <laughs> maybe everything. <laughs> oh, we so we ain't taught him. We're homeschooling him, so we ain't taught him nothing. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever heard of? A, so you watch? So you're learning from SpongeBob. Do you know what uh, the CPA is? Have you ever heard of that before, Christopher? Uh, no. Agency. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna see if we can get him to come by. <laughs> that is great, man. I think it's pretty awesome that your parents allow you to be uh, on the show with them, man. That's pretty awesome, Christopher. Yes. You're, you're doing a great job, too, man. Like, you're yes. really, you got good presence. You're not afraid to ask questions. Good job, dude. Really good job. All right, so what's your favorite movie? Favorite movie? I think my favorite movie that I haven't been in, because I, I should eliminate my, my the movies I've been in from this, I would probably say Forrest Gump is probably my favorite movie. Oh wow! And then uh, another one came out. I haven't. Wa I need to watch it a second time to see if it can compete for my favorite. But the movie uh, Harriet, when it came out, I was very, very impressed with Harriet. It's about Harriet Tubman. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Do they teach you Black history at your homeschool? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> history heavy this year. Why you guys answer for him? Let the man answer. What, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, of course you do. Yeah, remember we went to break yeah, we can answer. Yeah. That is cool. So, so you should check out the movie Harriet. If your parents let you yeah. watch SpongeBob, yeah. you can for sure watch yeah. Harriet. It's pretty good. Yes. What's your What's your favorite movie? Mine is Selfie Minions Dad. movie. Great. Have you seen Selfie Dad? Not yet. No. Okay. You should, you should watch Selfie Dad. I think you might enjoy that one. Yeah. Well, Dominion. You'll have to watch it. About yeah. dad who takes Dominion over his house, yeah. so it's kind of the same thing as. <laughs> Bye, thanks. Hey, all right, man. Cool. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's he's been in like four hundred, over four hundred interviews. So he's. Oh, that's cool, man. Good for him. That's great, man. Yeah, and man, we love having him on. We love having him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what are some sources of inspiration for you? Uh, you know, I kind of let that stuff just show up. In, in my life, but I am purposeful as well. Like I, the, my my favorite is the stuff that just shows up, but I also enjoy like right now I'm meditating on the Bible in a new way that I hadn't before where I read it and I just take a little piece of the, of a verse and then I just read it over and over again. And then I will, uh, then I'll just say it and then I will write it 
whatever that small phrase is over and over and over and over and over again. Then I actually sing it, whatever that phrase is, I'll sing it to get it more into mm -hmm. my heart. And then I will pray it as well. And then the thing that I added to that recently is I'll also write it with my left hand just to get it into my, into my heart. So I'll write it with my off hand. So that's been really inspiring in a significant way. Well, she's left-handed. Yes, I'm left-handed. So is Christopher. Yeah. He's left-handed also. Our, our two-year-old's right-handed like me. Yes. So. Oh, cool. So you think the other ones might not be your kids? Is that what you're thinking right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so just really being inspired by God's word because of the way I'm digging into it. And it's and it also digs into me, which which is pretty awesome. Yes. Uh, what would you like for your legacy to be? What would you want to be most known and remembered for? Uh, I would say that I help people help people. Oh, that's that can last way past me. I want to. I want to help people help people. Instead of being hurt people hurt people, you help people help people. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Because that's better. Yeah. Thanks. Way better. Yeah. You guys are <laughs> awesome, man. <laughs> oh, thank you. And if you could relay any message to your fans and followers, what would you want to say to them? I think the thing that I would really want to say to them is, uh, yeah, buy my book. Yeah, that's what's important. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in life, just like in comedy, in life, there's a setup and there's a punchline. Your setup is what you receive, but your punchline is about what you're called to deliver. And everyone knows their setup. Like everyone knows the fact that you're married, you got a car, you got this, this podcast, you got to like, whatever that is, the setup is what you receive. But the key is to understand what is your punchline. And just like me as a kid, I used to struggle my reading and had other struggles as well. Even your setbacks in life are, pet are part of your setup. So you can deliver the punchline you're called to deliver. Everyone listening, everyone watching right now, there's something that you're called to do. And the fact that you've been through what you've been through just means that you've been set back. But like a slingshot or a born arrow, the further you've been set back, the further you can reach. You just have to know what to aim for. So you do, by all means, have something to deliver. And you just make the world a better place when you choose to do exactly that. Love that. <laughs> Definitely love that. And so as we come to a close here, um, What's advice you would give somebody, let's say they're just starting out, they're wanting to be a comedian or even an artist, an actress, actor, yeah. you know, anybody, somebody in entertainment and they're just starting mm -hmm. up, they feel called to this. What advice would you give that person to kind of help guide them the next few years? Yeah, it would be the same. It would be similar to what I said earlier is don't focus on the do, focus on focus the on who. who. Right. Like mm -hmm. who is it you're called to serve? Because acting or singing is only going to be seasoning for the meat that you're supposed to deliver to them. Or for wow. the vegetarians out there, the, the, the squash, <laughs> like whatever. Like, yeah. It's just seasoning for what it is you're called to deliver. If you focus on, focus on the seasoning, life will get bitter because it's just seasoning. You have, to, you have to add the seasoning to whatever it is that people need and deliver that. I love that. So tell everybody how they can find you, which they probably already know. I'm right here. You can do it <laughs> yeah. So if they just go to, uh, I'm Michael JR comedy on all platforms. Okay. And if you want to connect directly with me, just go to Michael JR comedy slash yo, you can get on the list because, uh, we're constantly sending people inspiration as well oh. as, uh, comedy on a regular basis. 
So just michaeljr.com slash yo. And then um and we'll we'll stay connected. That'd be pretty cool. Love that. You know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today. And we yeah. look forward to having you back yes. down the road. Hey, thanks a lot for having me. You guys are awesome. I really appreciate it. Tell Christopher I said thanks too. You I will well. let him know. You have a blessed yes. day. Yes, thank you so and much. CPA, for time. Child Protection <laughs> Services. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks. Uh,